Building up momentum in the UFC isn't rocket science. If you win consistently and beat high-level opponents in spectacular and definitive fashion, you're very likely to get noticed by fans, the media, the matchmakers, and Dana White himself. At least in the moment. MMA is very much a what-have-you-done-for-me-lately game, and if you fail to deliver at the top after making a meteoric rise, oftentimes everything you accomplished prior to that is completely forgotten. So today we're going to take a look at 10 fighters who had some truly impressive streaks and runs in the UFC, but because they failed to follow through, what was accomplished has been wiped from our collective memories as fans. I'm Tommy from MMA On Point, and these are 10 impressive forgotten UFC runs. Number 10, Dennis Seaver. It's pretty unfair how Dennis Seaver is remembered by fans because of his high-profile bout with Conor McGregor. The fight was seen as a squash, something that certainly shouldn't have warranted a title fight for McGregor, a gift by the UFC. And while yes, that fight didn't go Dennis's way, although I'd like to think in some alternate universe he won and went on to be the most popular fighter in MMA history, Seaver's time in the UFC prior to the Conor loss deserves a bit more love and respect. From January 2009 to October 2011, Seaver would win seven of eight bouts in the UFC, with four of the night bonus bonuses, four finishes, and wins over some impressive fighters. Paul Kelly was 10-1 when he suffered a loss to Tiny Brock Lesnar via spinning back kick. Spencer Fisher got wins over Sam Stout, Dan Lozon, and Jeremy Stevens, but not Dennis Seaver. The German made Andre winner a loser. George Sotteropoulos, who will appear on this list again later, his eight-fight run was stopped when he lost via decision to Seaver at UFC 127. George was meant to get a title fight for the victory. More on that later in the video. Next, Dennis would defeat Matt Wyman, who was on a three-fight run and had defeated Mac Danzig and Cole Miller. All of this culminating in a fight with Donald Cerrone at UFC 137 that ended sadly in defeat. The Cowboys securing a rear naked choke in the first round. Hopefully now you'll remember Seaver for what he was and not just a Conor McGregor highlight. Number 9. Darren Elkins when you think of Darren Elkins, you think of two things. The tattoo, of course, and the insane comeback win against Mirsad Bektik at UFC 209. They're pretty much his claims to MMA fame, immediately brought to the mind whenever his name pops up. But what you probably don't remember is that he was on an impressive six-fight run that was only stopped by current featherweight champion Alexander Volkanovsky. During that same time period, he became known for those two things. Starting with a win over Robert Whiteford at Fight Night 76, Elkins would go on to beat Chaz Skelly and Gogo Fredo Pepe back-to-back -back in 2016. Skelly was 15-1 at the time having only lost to Bektik via majority decision, and Pepe was on a three-fight run with three performance of the night bonuses, his last victory being a flying triangle choke against Andre Feely. This all leads to the insane come-from-behind win over Mirsad, who was a minus 350 favorite in that fight. Despite the win, Darren went into his next bout with Dennis Bermudez as the underdog and would score a victory via split decision, then go on to defeat Michael Johnson, making his debut in the division after his fight of the year candidate with Justin Gaethje. Elkins would earn the performance of the night bonus by subbing Johnson in the second round. That summer, his momentum would be crushed by Volkanovski, but his impressive featherweight run should be remembered alongside those two other things for which he's so well known. Number 8. Francisco Trinaldo Nobody ever talks about Francisco Trinaldo. Admit it, you and your MMA friends have never sat around and had a solid conversation about Trinaldo and his impressive streak in the lightweight division from 2014 to 2017. The Brazilian would score seven victories in a row before facing Kevin Lee to headline the prelims of Fight Night 106. Lee would win via submission in the second round and following a victory over Mike Chiesa, would end up fighting for the interim title in the division. To give you some perspective on where Trinaldo was by the end of his run, the streak began with wins over Leandro Silva, Akbar 
Ariola and Norman Park, who at the time was 20 and 3. Despite the three-fight streak, he was a gigantic underdog against unbeaten Chad LaPreece, who Trinaldo TKO'd in the very first round. Named victories over Ross Pearson and Yancey Medeiros would lead to the final win of the streak, which looks even better today over Paul Felder, who he stopped in the third round. Now, it was a doctor stoppage because we all know that Paul Felder cannot be knocked out, his balls are too big, but it is to date the only stoppage loss in the Irish Dragon's career. Now that you've been informed, bring up Francisco's streak to impress your lesser MMA friends with your superior knowledge. Number 7. Dennis Bermudez Unfortunately for Dennis Bermudez, he's often remembered for his losses. He was defeated by Diego Brandao in the Tough 14 finale via armbar in the first round. He has lost four of his last five fights, including a highlight reel loss to Korean Zombie to headline Fight Night 104. But the streak he went on after losing Tough is truly impressive. It started with a win over 11-2 Pablo Garza, then he subbed 8-1 Tommy Hayden. A split decision over Matt Grice was followed by, without question, his most impressive victory, a split decision win over Max Holloway. Blessed was 7-1 at the time. This was before for the McGregor bout as well. That's right, Dennis did it first. Well, second, Dustin Poirier was first. After scoring a UD win over Steven Seiler, the Menace would cap off his streak with back-to-back performance of the night bonus earning victories over Jimmy Hedis and everyone's favorite madman, Clay Guida. Not a bad run if I do say so myself. The streak would end at the hands of Ricardo Lamas at UFC 180, who would go on to lose to Chad Mendez, who off of that victory was asked to fill in for the interim title fight with Conor McGregor at UFC 189. Bermudez's forgotten streak was a win away from being a part of the title picture. Number 6. Rafaela Sunsau why oh why does everyone sleep on Rafaela Sunsau? Yes, his KO loss to Cody Garbrandt will put him on an endless loop of highlight reel finishes filling UFC arenas right next to Terry Adam until the end of time. And he is currently on a three-fight losing streak, but to say he's not one of the best bantamweights in the world, or hasn't been, is just silly. And yet for whatever reason, probably because he has never competed for a title, Sunsau's name is always left off the list. Rafael moved to bantamweight in August of 2011 and started a seven-fight win streak that saw him defeat an unbeaten Pedro Munoz, Mike Easton who was 13 and one, his first major promotional loss, Brian Caraway, and oh yeah, TJ fucking Dillashaw in a fight of the night. Now, it was a split decision, but just like the great philosopher Vin Diesel said, it don't matter if you win by an inch or a mile. Winning's winning. The streak would be broken in a rematch with Dillashaw at UFC 200, but the four-fight run of Sunset went on after that is nearly as impressive as the seven-fight one, scoring wins over Aljamain Sterling and Marlon Marais. And yes, both of those were split-decision wins as well, but I already told you what Ben Diesel said. Anyway you look at it, Sunset deserves a lot more recognition for his work at 135 pounds. Number 5. George Sotteropoulos it seems the Aussies and Kiwis have taken over the entire sport. There's been a massive surge of talent from the region with the likes of Alexander Volkanovsky, Robert Whitaker, and Israel Adesanya all capturing UFC gold. And while it's currently a hotbed for top-tier MMA talent, it was George Sotteropoulos, who for a brief time from 2008 to 2011, that served as the greatest hope for an Australian champion, something that seems to be completely lost on fans today. Likely because of how things turned out. For his first four UFC wins, including the Tough Six finale, George was a massive favorite and delivered each time. It would be about with Joe Stevenson at UFC 10 in Sydney that was the first time he received underdog status, but he passed that test with flying colors, getting a UD win and extending his streak to five. Kurt Pellegrino was his next victory, and then Sotteropoulos would light the sport on fire by scoring a Kimura victory over Joe Lozon in the fight of the night at UFC 123. The buzz around the Aussie fighter was huge, and UFC 127 was to be what launched him into title contention, with a potential lightweight title shot against the winner of the Edgar Mader rematch should he win. Apparently, historically, if you beat Dennis Seaver, you get a title fight. George would, however, fall short, as we mentioned previous, and then unfortunately go on to lose the rest of the fights in his career. His hype as one of the breakout stars from Australia, now a distant memory. 
Number 4. Derek Brunson People seemed completely stunned when Derek Brunson defeated hot prospect Edmund Shabazian at UFC Vegas 5. The guy that Israel Adesanya embarrassed? He's good at fighting? Yeah, he's really good at fighting and completely underrated. It's amazing how one or two high-profile losses changes the perception of a fighter. No shame in losing to Robert Whittaker, Yoel Romero, or Jacare is there. And I'm sorry, argue with me if you will, he did not lose to Anderson Silva. A Brunson highlight is most certainly his KO victory over Lyoto Machida, also something people seem to forget. But let's talk about the five-fight run he had from 20. 2014 to 2016. Derek kicked it off by defeating Lorenz Larkin. Next up, a TKO in just 36 seconds over Ed Herman. Then he TKO'd Sam Alvey in the first round. Alvey's chin was constructed with the remnants of young Dan Henderson's chin. It was the first TKO loss in his 34-fight career. Brunson next KO'd Jukau Conero again in the first round. And then, sorry Adam, another TKO victory this time over Uriah Hall. Guess which round? The first round, that's right. The man was on an absolute tear when he ran into Robert Whitaker and suffered a loss via head kick, but guess what? He was the favorite in that fight, and he was the favorite because of his awesomely forgotten two-year run at middleweight. Number 3. Neil Magny if I told you someone had wins over Robbie Lawler, Carlos Condit, Johnny Hendricks, Hector Lombard, Kelvin Gastelum, Tim Means, and Eric Silva, you'd probably tell me that's a really good fighter. And you would be right because it's Neil Magny. Now, Neil was one of the surprise hits of 2020, winning three fights in a row during the pandemic with people asking, oh yeah, where's he been? Well, he was serving a two-year USADA suspension largely nobody seems to remember or care about, a testament to why he belongs on this list. For some reason, Magny is just not well-remembered for his impressive UFC career thus far. Neil had five wins in a row in 2014, that man was busy. Tim Means and Alex Garcia among his victims during that 365-day span. In 2015, he would rack up two more wins to add to the streak before losing to Damian Maya. Of course, there's no shame in that, but an impressive seven-fight run to say the least. The three fights he would win directly after that loss, perhaps even more impressive, Eric Silva, Kelvin Gastelum, and Hector Lombard, earning two of the night bonuses in the process. While it's likely his style has kept him away from the forefront of fans' minds, he has 14 decision victories in his 24 wins, make no mistake about it, Magny has had a solid UFC career, the second most welterweight wins behind GSP in fact. Number 2. John Fitch Speaking of incredibly impressive UFC welterweights that nobody seems to care about, John Fitch could be considered one of the all-time best, but his legacy is largely forgotten due to a few key losses and a style that Dana White consistently railed on throughout his entire career. But Fitch's run in the promotion is worth taking a look at again. The first streak he had of eight wins leading up to his title challenge against George St. Pierre at UFC 87 is far more well-remembered, defeating the likes of unbeaten Brock Larson, Thiago Alves, and three other single-loss opponents, including Diego Sanchez. Fitch's second impressive run following the title loss to St. Pierre was completely destroyed in just 12 seconds by Johnny Hendricks. But because he was so thoroughly derailed, people often forget he was at the time considered by many the number one welterweight in the world besides the champion. His five-fight run would see him take down unbeaten Paulo Tiago at UFC 100, a 9-2 Mike Pierce, an 8-1 Ben Saunders, and then Tiago Alves, who was coming off his own title challenge loss to St. Pierre. Following a majority draw with BJ Penn, Fitch was again eyeing a title fight, but instead the UFC wanted to book a second bout with BJ. The fight fell through due to injury, and instead John would fight the up-and-coming Hendricks. Fitch was a big betting favorite, and anybody who put money on the underdog was certainly happy. John would be cut from the promotion only two fights later. Number 1. Damian Maya 
It's amazing how one unusual performance can really change the perception of a fighter. At current, Damian Maya is a beloved veteran who went on an incredible and unexpected seven-fight streak to compete against Tyron Woodley for the welterweight title at nearly 40 years of age. That run saw wins over Neil Magny, Gunnar Nelson, Matt Brown, Carlos Condit, and Jorge Masvidal. Absolutely fantastic. But his run-up to a middleweight title fight with Anderson Silva at UFC 112 seven years earlier is often overlooked because of, well, the strangeness of the loss to the Spider. It's one of the most infamous title fights in the sports history, and while more of the blame for its bizarre lack of activity was put on Silva for his unusual behavior, Maya was the other half of the equation, and so a lot of what he did prior was seemingly wiped from people's memory. Damien scored five subs in a row, putting away Ryan Jensen, Ed Herman, Jason McDonald, and Nate Quarry, all at the time high-profile victories, before stopping Chael Sonnen, who was making his promotional debut after having just defeated Paulo Filio in the WEC, a man many considered the second-best middleweight in the world behind Anderson. It's at this point that Maya would suffer a setback, his first career defeat, getting KO'd by former title contender Nate Marquardt in just 21 seconds at UFC 102. He would, however, bounce back by defeating 11-2 Dan Miller before getting his title fight with Silva, filling in for an injured Vitor Belfort. And while that bout very much defined his early career, in hindsight, what Maya was able to do in the lead-up to UFC 112 is absolutely notable and sadly forgotten. Huge shout-out to Lawton Veerkant for masterfully piecing this video together. The casual can be found on Twitter and IG at Lawton underscore Veer Camp, where he's probably laying down some sweet tunes. A big, big thank you to Ben Rosette, who provided that sweet tune you heard in the intro. Check out his music by clicking the link in the description and go give him a follow on his Instagram and Twitter page at Ben Rosette. Thanks for watching. Please give us a like and subscribe. We've got three new videos or more for you every single week. Let us know what you thought of the video in the comments below. Follow On Point MMA on Twitter and have yourself a wonderful day.